Welcome to the Changemakers in CRE, a podcast by Realist. We're bringing you the stories and the people driving change and innovation in the commercial real estate industry. You're about to hear from a changemaker as they share what went right, what went wrong, what they've learned along the way, and what's next. So tune in and join us as we uncover what the future will look like for commercial real estate. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Changemakers in Commercial Real Estate. I'm your host, Tom Wallace, CEO and founder of Released Commercial Property Management Software. In this episode, we talk to Julian Carey, the Managing Director of Industrials REIT in the UK. Julian talks to us about why a great customer experience for tenants is so important and how they're achieving success in the industrial sector. Enjoy the episode. Yeah. Hey, Julian, I just thought we could start off by if you could just tell us a little bit about industrials and what it is you do there. Sure. Um, so industrials is a, uh, or industrials REIT, to give it its full title, is a specialist UK REIT listed on the London Stock Exchange um, with a secondary listing on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. And uh, we own and operate multi-let industrial property um, in the UK, which is, which is what we would describe as an industrial estate or light industrial um, in another term. And uh, we picked that setter because we, we love the supply-demand dynamics. Um, it's a, there's a sort of structural shift going on in terms of the nature of demand because of e-commerce driving people um, into the industrial market. Um, and there's very, very limited supply um, in the UK market because we don't have much land um, and these things are quite expensive to build, typically in urban areas. So that's why we love it. Um, we've been around actually since the, the mid-90s. We used to be a fund management business, um, but we listed um, as a property company in, in 2014. And as a business, we've been going through quite a big transition for the last four years. So we used to own assets all across Europe and all sorts of different sectors. And so over the last four years, we've been selling out of all those other assets and focusing on becoming a UK industrial business. Um, but at the same time, we've also been going through a transition in terms of stopping being really more of a passive allocator of capital to different sectors and different geographies and building a specialist operating platform, um, which is really focused on delivering great service to, to the multi-let industrial customer base, um, rather than being more focused on where we can manage our assets and, and, uh, and our own business. So a really big transition going on in terms of how we think and how we operate and, and what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and as you introduced me, I'm the managing director. Uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, I'm responsible for our platform strategy and our operating strategy um, internally, but I also oversee all of our real estate activities, so asset management, investment, um, disposals, um, and also our technology. Brilliant background. Sounds like, a, sounds like you're taking quite a different approach to the traditional real estate approach uh, that sort of the UK has been well known for over the past, well, century, I suppose, or centuries. Yeah, we're kind of trying to do things a little bit differently. I think it's certainly differently for the industrial market. I mm. think the, what we've seen, you know, we looked out of the landscape when I sort of set up the, uh, the industrial side of the business I, before I joined um, Industrials Re and, and started this multi-industrial journey and looked out at the market and thought, well, you know, this, the market's changed a lot in, say, the office market, in the serviced office sector. Mm. It changed a lot in things like student accommodation, in self-storage, certainly and increasingly in residential, where actually landlords were offering service um, alongside just offering space. And, and I thought, you know, why, why can't we do that in the industrial market, where it's much more traditional? So we're, we're certainly innovating, I think, in the industrial market, um, but uh, to some extent sort of applying proven techniques that we've seen in other other markets yeah yeah so i guess it was uh made famous or perhaps infamous by WeWork, and the, and the trend is sort of spiraled out from there i suppose and i know i know very well that customer experience is an incredibly important part of your business just want to talk us through what customer experience means for you or tenant experience and why it's so important sure i, I think it, it comes about 
you know on a longer term basis why why is it growing in importance i think is is down to how people consume space and and you know the old days um you'd sign a 25 year lease on a full repairing and insuring basis and the landlord would would do your transaction at the beginning and then they'd sort of wave goodbye to catch up with you at year five for your first rent review year 10 for your second and so forth and then at the they'd end just be at the pub during for the for the rest of the time in between they'd be at the pub the rent. Be, yeah yeah the dream four rent checks a year nice it's a nice nice days but that's changed you know that model's completely changed and now um you know our, our average customer wants a four-year lease and quite often within that they might have a, a break maybe at year three so they want much shorter leases and so that traditional model of of kind of short level of interaction at the start and then you know leaving people to it for the rest of the lease doesn't really work anymore um, mm. because they also want more service on on the way through um, and more hand-holding and so we needed to change the way that we operate and I think what we've seen I mentioned about service offices is we've seen that actually if landlords um, embrace that and change the way that they operate to better serve their customers then those customers are willing to pay a healthy premium for that service mm. um, and are very keen on on taking it up so there's good demand for it so that's why we think customer service is really important because we think it gets much greater value for our customers and it gets much greater value for us um, as an organization as well. So we've been trying to um, revolutionize how we run our business to, to be much more focused on, on the customer and a lot you know, less focused on just trying to make life easy and, and lock things away for 25 years. So, um, you know, it, it's... It's a changing model. So, I mean, the other reason is obviously cost is hugely important. You know, if you change from having a 25-year lease and you're paying a 10% agency fee and a bit of legal fees at the start, you can absorb that cost over a really long period of time, whereas now we have to absorb it over three years. So we've also been driven to becoming much more efficient with how we operate our business. You know, if we're churning roughly 25% of our leases every year, we need to get that cost of churn right down and we need to, to reduce the time it takes. You know, in a, in a traditional... Um, letting you know you might be a six month void three months rent free two months of fees along the way through you know it's 11 months in total if you take that in every three years that's going to reduce your return a lot yeah. um with our with our business model we aim to sort of cut that materially and we have lots of different things that we do to do it so that's why we think it's really important i mean i guess what have we done i guess is that the other part of the question yeah i was um, going to say well we're a software we're a software company and that's that's what it gets me the most interested out of the story i imagine that software and systems has, has played a really big part in it. Yeah, it really has. And I think you know, digitization has been a really key mm-hmm. key part of it, you know, because it cuts time and cost and, and improves consistency through the process, which is what, you know, we're, we're seeking to achieve at, you know, every step of the way. And also, you know, we, we look at our business like a, like a chain, effectively, and, mm-hmm. and uh, the chain sort of is the life cycle of a lease. And the business is only as strong as the, the weakest link within mm-hmm. that chain. And uh, because and every time one of those chain links breaks, the customer suffers. Um, it doesn't matter what it is. And it, it's, you know, it doesn't matter if you've got a fantastic leasing platform and you bill really, really brilliantly, but you never maintain your buildings, right? So um, all, all these different elements need to be in place. And, and we find that the best way to ensure that consistency is by utilizing technology and by ensuring that, you know, what that really does is make sure the information flows to where it needs to be, when it needs to be there. And there's consistency and there's monitoring about how all those different elements and links of the chain are working at any one time so so what yeah, if you, so like if you for the like you give us some examples of what you've seen in terms of increased efficiency like perhaps in a traditional sense how long it would have taken to get an inquiry from a tenant negotiate get that signed that full process get them into the, your software what did that look like what have you know what have you got it to now because obviously speed is really important sure. for you yeah so i mean the traditional model would be a, a unit would come vacant 
you might if you might have a retained agent already you might have to go out and find one um normally that might take a, a week or so to to find somebody or tell them that this building has now come back they then say oh let's go and have a look at it that might take another couple of weeks or a week or 10 days then once they've been to see it, they say, okay, great. We'll order some photographs. That's another week. Yeah. Um, then we'll draw up a brochure for that. That might take another week or 10 days. So you're a month to six weeks in already. Now you've got a brochure, right? Um, and you nail a board up on the building. And really then, average and then, brochure as well. Yeah, right. Really average looking brochure, which costs, you know, typically we were paying maybe a thousand pounds a brochure, right? You know, we're, we're currently leasing well, we've got 1,600 units in our in our portfolio. So that would be a lot of money to, lot to, of to effectively churn that, right? So so you, you've got a lot of costs there. You've got a lot of time wasted. And then he goes to the market and every agent would market in a different way. So some would be just using boards. Some would have a, a high street advertising position. Some would be maybe going online or they'd have a little black book that they'd be calling through or they'd be doing mail shots. You know, mail shots were really popular. They're always a few thousand pounds as well. Lots of leaflets flying around and being posted through doors and things. And then uh, and then you'd have a sort of a monthly call where they'd phone in and say, oh, so this is what's happened. I did three viewings. None of them are interested. Uh, let's have a chat next month. And then, you know, next month, oh, I've done two more viewings somebody's quite interested they want to do a second view next month i'll let you know you know and so the next you know you're, you're six months down the line then you uh you finally find somebody wants to take it you appoint the, the lawyers um the lawyers will get stuck into their 40 page lease that might take well typically that takes about eight weeks um of negotiations and and challenges and, and issues and so forth and then finally Thank you cool. get to the end of it and you sign up the lease right so you might be nine months down the line what it looks for us now is we have everything sits in our digitized platform so um our operating system as soon as a building um in fact if sometimes before it even becomes vacant but say let's just say when it becomes vacant as soon as it's marked as vacant it's online it's immediately live all marketing particulars are pre-written stored in our system um there's a holding image for every asset but and then when a building becomes vacant we go and take a full suite of photographs you know with a virtual tour plans that you know the lot um but as soon as it's vacant it's online um, and our system automatically pushes to every online portal that we use mm -hmm. and our website. The marketing is completely consistent. So wherever you go, you'll see the same wordage. You'll see the full quoting information and pricing. That's the other thing we found with third-party brokers is that they never knew the right price uh, because they because landlords are generally not very good at telling them, I think it's yeah. fair to say. Yeah. Um, so from a customer perspective, you come in and you say, oh, you know, I remember doing this as a, as a tenant when I was looking for an office space. And I'd say to the agent, okay, so what's, how much does this cost? And they'd say, oh, it's uh, £23 a foot. I'd say, was that all in? No, no, that's the rent. Okay, well, okay. what's the service charge? Well, I'm, I think it's about £4,000 a year. Chuck okay. rates on top. Yeah, what well, the rates? Well, I'm not sure you have to look that up for yourself. Insurance? Not. I'm, I don't know what that is. So so you're quoting me, A, you're quoting me in, in per annum and per square foot, and I have to try and equate the two, but you're also not giving me the full picture. So yeah. again, on our website, Lease Price Calculator, you can see all your costs per week, per month, per year, per foot, per meter, however you want to cut and dice it. And then, so we're straight on market. There's no wasted time. Then if you want to do a viewing, it, all the inquiries will come through to us. Um, we've got an in-house lead support team. They get back to you um, within a matter of hours. You do a viewing, you meet one of our team, uh, much more informed. And then we also use a, a thing called our smart lease, which is a three-page lease. It's entirely digital. Um, so we can move quicker than any customer needs to move. Um, we get people sign in here or some sort of e-signature on yeah. that. So effectively, yeah, it's generated straight from the heads of terms. It's e-signature only. There's no paper. And the average smart lease that we do takes um, less than 14 days from the point of agreeing terms to be completion which is a roughly a two-thirds saving on how when it works with traditional 
leases with lawyers. Mm-hmm. So massive cost saving. And normally there's no agency fees and no legal fees. So the cost of that transaction is much lower. So you've got a band of lawyers that just hate you now because you use lawyers. Yeah, because with, with the smart lease, you, we just say, look, you know, this is a these are standard terms and conditions. It's written in in what's called plain English. There's a plain English society in the UK who who uh, champion the need for no nonsense language, and and they've we got kite mark from them. So the customer can read it, they can understand it without a lawyer, and uh, and it's non-negotiable. Um, and we say, look, if you want speed and efficiency and good value for money, cut the complexity out of it, and and yeah. the customers love that. And any uh, education it, on that because there's just any it's so new for them. They're sort of saying, look love the idea but you know am i covered as i would be in the other like i imagine there's a little bit of education up front it's funny because in our business so we most of our customers are sme companies small to mm. medium-sized enterprises and about half of them this is their first commercial lease right so right. they don't come at it with a with an understanding and expectation um, i don't know how so great you've made it for going, them they, you, you, well, there's an element they're, of gonna, that, they're gonna go to the next one and be like what the hell what is this well, and that's the other thing, right? And then you get the other people who've been somewhere else and they've been with another firm and another landlord and they say, God, you know, the, the hassle, I don't want all of this and that. Like, you know, they're all, things like um, service charges, you know, we, we do fixed maintenance. So through the term of your lease and it escalates each year by a fixed amount. So you can, you know exactly when you sign your lease, what you're going to pay through the term of your lease. Um, because every tenant thinks that every landlord is going to, the year after they move in is going to sting them with a massive refurbishment program and mm-hmm. stick it all through the service charge in one year, you know, because it, it has happened, but it's rare. Yeah. And so we take all of that complexity and all that risk away from the customer. And then we say, look, we'll fix it. There's a premium there, which covers the risk that we're taking, but we mm-hmm. can assume we understand that risk right, much better than the customer does. So the risk premium that we put on it is way lower than the risk premium that they would put on it. Mm-hmm. And so we can make a better margin and they basically take a lower risk proposition, which is better value um, and more appealing to them. So these are all things that it's a, it's a different approach to, I think it's a, it broadly, it's a risk transfer. You know, the old yep. real estate leasing model was trans, landlord transfers all risk onto tenant, yep. upward only rent reviews, full repairing and insuring lease, you know, 25 years effectively of ownership. The new leasing model that we've seen proliferate and be so successful is, is landlord assumes real estate risk and that they can price and understand and, yep. and quantify. And therefore, the, uh, the tenant is only really assuming the occupational risk for the period that they need the building. Um, That's the key difference, right, is that you understand it. Like, you know the property, you've seen the data, you know the industry, so you can take on that risk, right? Whereas a tenant has, in most cases, it would have no idea, right? They would have, they would have correct. Very little idea and, with it. I mean, it, it, the best way, sort of a good example to quantify that is on service charges, where mm-hmm. every, like I said, every tenant thinks that landlord's going to double the service charge next year, right? It's just the natural you know, the, the, the understanding of the view that that comes to it. Maybe it's not double, but it's there or thereabouts. And we looked at our service charge budget versus actuals across our whole portfolio and realized that on average, we were one and a half percent out, right? And so really? we took a view that, well, well, there's no risk there, right? You know, it's, it's diversified across the whole, the whole business. So why are we introducing this big risk factor into the leasing transaction process? And there's huge discussions and people want caps and collars and, you know, yeah. you know all this kind of stuff, when actually it's a completely irrelevant risk. And it was slowing down every transaction we were doing because we were having to negotiate it. Even if it was just a few days on every transaction, when you're doing 300 transactions every year, that actually really mounts up. So yeah. it was about trying to take that risk out of the process and, uh, and just price it in yeah. with certainty for the customer. So we try to do that across the board, really. That's fantastic. It's, um, I mean, a lot of it is common sense, but it hasn't been done before. At least not, I, you know, it's, it's certainly not common. It's, uh, it actually strikes me as, very, very similar to uh, what we do as a software company, right? We're in the traditional and the big shift that we've seen that software, software as a service brought out 
um, started by Salesforce sort of 20 odd years ago. Um, but what it was, was instead of buying a massive thing and then owning it and all the risks up front, it's like right now our customers rent the software effectively and they'll sign monthly or annual contracts. And so the onus flips across. It's not all about the upfront sale. And then after it's like, you know, forget about it. We've already got your money. It's, we have to keep proving to them year after year or month after month that we're worth paying for. And that means we have to understand the customers. We have to actually understand and care about their experience. And it's very interesting for me to see that crossing over into property. Um, it's, it's super interesting. I imagine that, you know, this is like, it's certainly an industrial, I've, I've never come across this. I've never heard of it. And I'm sure it's a, a trend that's going to grow, but you must be, um, you, you'd be ruffling a few feathers there around, around the UK from the traditional landlords. Are they making people nervous about this new approach? Cause it, like, it's, it's not like a company can just necessarily just switch across. Like there's a lot of, um, is a, a, a real journey of like transforming the business and the knowledge you need to get to that state. I imagine it must make some traditional players a bit nervous about how they can compete in the future. Yeah, I, I think, you know, like I said, we did two transitions, the asset transition and the, the operating transition. And, and the, the latter was definitely the harder part because you have to change the culture of your business and your staffing mm. and your systems and everything. So it was definitely difficult. I, th- I think Industrials REIT has a really big advantage in, in this because, because we're a REIT, we're permanent capital. We've got a very long-term investment horizons. And so we can invest in our platform because we're, inve- we're, we're going to effectively defray that cost over an almost infinite amount of time. Obviously, there is a, we do put a time on it for an accounting purposes, but, but over a very long period. Whereas a lot of, I say, looks like larger kind of commercial players um, who we compete with are typically more based on the kind of private equity model where you're saying, look, I'm going to be in this for three to five years. And then I'm going to move into something else. And if you do that, it, it doesn't work to invest in a huge operating platform because there's no guarantee you're going to get value from it. You might sell before you've, you've finalized that, that platform or the buyer at the end of it may not want it because they might already have their own, in which case it's just sunk cost. So we tend not to see, or we can't, you know, there isn't really that much of an economic rationale to do it um, in those other kind of players or you're maybe a long-term investor as an institution but you're investing across multiple asset classes mm-hmm. and so you know an operating platform like this works very well in industrial it's reasonably similar to the kind of platforms you see in offices albeit a lot of the fundamentals are, are different you know we don't mm-hmm. have on-site staff for example it's not just about broadband our customers are an awful lot more diverse you know there, there are some big fundamental differences but the concept is the same so generally you know a best-in-class operating platform is sector specific you know, you, got, you don't see people operating student accommodation and self-storage on a single platform, right? You know, it, 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 they typically have very specific features. And so if you're a multi-sector, you, you know, and you want to go down this approach, you're going to have to build multiple operating platforms with, with different approaches. And it generally doesn't, doesn't work that well. It's very difficult to do. I haven't seen it done that successfully unless you are huge, you know, mm-hmm. unless you're a, a Brookfield or maybe a Blackstone. You've got to so, nail your niche, right? Yeah, you've got to nail your niche, right? Exactly. And focus is so, so important. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've benefited from that enormously over the last four or five years. You know, just saying this is all we do um, has really helped our business. So we think that gives us an advantage. And I think there's a reasonable explanation why it hasn't been so common in the industrial market. You know, the ownership within industrial over the last few years has been quite short term, um, you know, in nature. Whereas I think the office market, has been longer term in nature. And you've seen these operating businesses rise up and, and be very, very successful in that serviced office market. So it's, it's, it's a nature of the capital base gives us that advantage. But, but the, you know, knowing what we know, having done what we've done, it's a hell of a mission. And you know, you, it's, it's definitely daunting. Um, you know, we've learned an enormous amount along the way. And, uh, and we know we've, we've really been learning as we go along. Um, 
you know you couldn't buy in this experience we couldn't buy in a platform at the start yeah. so we've had to build it from scratch and and it has been a, an enormous journey i think with the opportunity for us though is really that we we would like it if other people came into the sector alongside us and, and, and to some extent competed with us sure, yeah. because i think what we've seen in you know in other asset classes where they're very ownership intensive so like student accommodation right or self-storage mm. um where in go back 10 15 years these were these were what you would call alternative sectors which traded on much higher yields um and what we saw is actually these platform businesses came about and they democratize the ownership of these these asset classes right they remove the hassle because you can just go out and buy an operating platform and then you can invest heavily in that sector and the growth fundamentals behind it are really really exciting and so we see the barriers to entry to owning multi-level industrial being quite high because it is hard work yeah and actually if there were more operating platforms in the market it would effectively make it the barriers to entry lower and potentially push the pricing up quite materially we believe so there's a there's a nice upside we think for the whole sector if more people go about it the way that we're doing it you know for the time being we're we're fairly alone there are there are other people you know following a similar model but they tend to be on different scale or there's, there's a lot of bravery needed to sort of march this far out in front of the market and, and really really trailblaze it um I, you know i really i really love it. i really rate that you you had a vision and I, you know, i've known you for a while i know you had that vision and you've been very clear about that vision and the value um and you've just really gone at it and made it happen and, and i i know very well that it's not easy doing things like this that are that new um so you know, it's been it's been very impressive to watch and it's great i mean if I checked before we got on, I checked your share price and I see it's, um, it's been rising nicely as well. So obviously the market agrees with your approach and what you've been doing too. So it's a, a great sort of proof point there. Yeah. Yeah. The great thing about the listed market is it, it doesn't pull any punches when, uh, to give you its opinion on what you're doing. So, you know, it's been, it's been very satisfying. It'll be, there's been lots of other things going on behind the scenes, which impact the share price. But, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, um, you've got a scoreboard there the whole time there, right? So you're, you're always sort of always, uh, no, no, everyone's watching. Oh, that's awesome. Um, look, I think it's, it's, like I said, it's, it's, it's been fantastic to sort of watch you lead this out. And I think it will, I, I truly believe that this is, you know, what we're going to see a lot more of. This is the trend. I, I can't imagine um, that we'll be going back to the sort of traditional 25-year lock and lease and, uh, you know, the landlord gives you the space and you won't hear from them unless you, and they won't do anything on the building unless you call so often because the roof is about to collapse. Like, I just can't see us going back to that. Um, and I think it's really impressive. You've spotted this trend, fair way out, and you've really gone after it. Last, last sort of question for me is: there any, um, is there any other trends you see emerging coming through, and that like not necessarily just in your space, although of course interested in this space, but is there any other trends you see in commercial real estate in general that you think will have, you know, a, a big impact over the next say five years? Yeah, I mean, I think that for me, I mean, it's it's an obvious answer, unfortunately, but I think you know the ESG agenda is is massive, and I think yep. it's inextricably linked in with the with the uh, the technology agenda right? you know every, every, nowadays i find that when i'm having discussions about technology it always just trends to esg and, mm-hmm. and vice versa um and i think that it, it's going to be enormous because it you know, the data requirements are huge mm-hmm. um you know how we collect and gather and understand the information around our buildings and, and their carbon footprint and emissions and, and social impact um is going to be an, enormous and i think it for me, it pushes us further down this route that we're going mm-hmm. down in terms yep. of that interaction with your customer and delivering service, because what you're seeing and we're already seeing is that our customers are turning around to us and saying, well, can you give me the information, please, on my building? Or we're turning around to them and saying, can you give me the information, please, on your utilities usage, for example? Um, and it's going to bring us into much more regular contact. I mean, monthly, if not daily contact with our customers, um, sharing information about our buildings and and, uh, and their use of those, those assets. And so... 
you know the need for a platform which facilitates that level of interaction is only going to grow yeah. um but yeah so that esg and data agenda i think is, is really interesting i think looking a bit more further afield and to give a more exciting answer i think you know things like the metaverse are really interesting and, and there's a huge amount of chat going on at the moment and the industry is all trying to figure it all out um it might you know wane into nothing but i think it is it is quite interesting and when you see people like cbre going in then you know you can start realizing that there's some some proper interest going on there so they're gonna uh, make a thousand pound brochures but for the metaverse yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, I think it's going to be interesting. But yeah, I think next five years, yeah, data and ESG is is going to be all-consuming. Yeah, it, it feels to me um, as though like there's just been you know for for an industry that was just very stable and continued on its way for decade upon decade upon decade, all you really had to do was own the asset and then get an agent to fill it every ten years or so, whatever it was. Um, it feels like that has really changed. That world's not coming back, and it, you, you have to be a completely different operator and a completely different business to be able to basically to be able to survive in, in, in the next sort of generation, I think. And it's going to be very interesting to see if we will see certain businesses or certain owners just sort of tap out and say, look, this, you know, we had a good run. You know, I, 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 I don't have the energy or the enthusiasm or, or the, the knowledge to be able to go and re, reinvent myself or reinvent this company. And perhaps it'll see some good opportunities come into the market for, for companies like yourselves who have gone out there and taken the initiative and have, and have sort of blazed this new trail. Well, I think, and you know, the same same for yourselves because I think the days of running almost any scale real estate business in Excel uh, are going to come to an end, right? With with this need and for data and and you know whether you know largely legislative need um, and regulatory need to provide data, manage data, and you won't be able to do that um, on a spreadsheet. And I think that in its own right, you know, that need to invest in technology, manage technology, and and you know. A lot of people say that you know every business is a tech business nowadays. It's going to be massive, and I think that your business is providing that solution to to people who are willing to um, move on to that next stage. And like you said, yeah, those people who aren't, I I, I think it's going to be very difficult um, if you're not willing to embrace that. Yeah, uh, I mean, and we're surprised all that there is there is still plenty of spreadsheets out there, and uh, and some you know billion pound portfolios, billion dollar portfolios around there still running with spreadsheets at their at the center of their business. So um, yeah. they've got a long tail. I imagine they won't be. Um, redundant just yet but you know i I absolutely see that change um coming as well it's going to be a very interesting um next few years from here uh well thanks a lot julian that was uh really really interesting thank you for joining us really enjoyed the chat and um, yeah best of luck i look forward to catching up again soon cheers thanks you've been listening to the changemakers in cre a podcast by released Keep connected with us by subscribing to the show and sharing the episodes you love. That helps us continue bringing you the best stories about what's next for commercial real estate. Thanks for listening.